Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What is up, everybody? It is the first show post-NFL draft of Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homaser with you as always, and we are joined by Benjamin Raven, quote the Raven Nevermore, our buddy from MLive covering the Detroit Lions. First of all, Kurt, how are you doing today? I know that you know this is a, a time that we've been counting down for what's felt like ever. So uh, <laughs> how, how are you feeling post-draft? I'm feeling great. We, we waited so long for it, and it's gone just like that. You know, like a snap of the fingers, it's it's beyond us, and now we're uh, – now we're starting to plan for for training camp and depth chart depth chart predictions and all that kind of fun stuff. So, uh, no, I, I enjoyed uh, draft weekend for sure. I'm sure both of you guys did. Benjamin, we have some uh, some positive things to talk about with the Detroit Lions here because I think we'd all agree they they pretty much killed this draft. They had a great draft. So, Ben, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, doing great. Like you said, I mean, that was a lot of work to get through the draft, and it's just always a weird feeling in those days afterwards, you know? So, uh, mm-hmm. We're through it. We're through it. And definitely positive vibes about that Lions draft, you know? I mean, yes. you know, when I when I had to nitpick, it really felt like I was really nitpicking on stuff. So, I mean, that's <laughs> a positive draft right there. How ecstatic were you? Were you more ecstatic than the Lions war room when Penny Sewell fell to them at seven? <laughs> yeah right i mean how do you top that i mean great video genius to share that video too because it's a level of just transparency and enthusiasm that just uh it's been missing from here and that's not even a shot at the past regime because it wasn't there before them either i mean that's a breath of fresh air around these parts uh Mm -hmm. i mean i mean that's clear they got their guy i mean you hear all these things cornerstone foundational generational i mean it's hard to argue with that. A 20-year-old, they're adding to their greatest strength. A 20-year-old right tackle right there. He turns 21, I think, next week. Absolutely ridiculous at pick seven. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, that's kind of – it was surprising to me that he fell that much. Um, yeah. You know, everybody, you can always – you know, a lot, of, a lot of the average fans want the, the sexy pick. You know, they want the wide receivers or the star defensive ends or – Offensive tackles are always a smart move, and especially especially for a team like the Detroit Lions where, you know, if they drafted, you know, if they drafted a guy like Devontae Smith there, it's not going to make that much of a difference. You know, it's not going to elevate them to a playoff position. Penny yeah. Sewell puts them in a position where they can, you know, build around him, which, you know, which the most important piece, the offensive line, I, you know, behind the quarterback, which they have, you know, I, I think they can, they can do okay with the quarterback position here, but you know, they, they were, they were beefing up the trenches on all sides here, which is always a smart move. Um, you know, defensive, they need defensive help extremely, extremely bad. Um, and they did that. They, they addressed all the positions of need. Um, I mean, Ben, do you, do you really think they, they missed out on, you know, maybe a certain guy or a cer- certain position group in uh, this past weekend. No, I don't. And, uh, you know, the only reason I hit, like you said, the only reason I had a receiver mocked to Detroit is because I had Panay off the board at five or six every time. Yeah. And I was like, neither, 
no way Cincinnati or and Miami both lets him slip. Like, you know, I just kind of viewed him as that guy. And then there he was. So there you go. But I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they filled needs. I was a little surprised by the back-to-back defensive tackle picks, but I mean, just because it's this class and they got a ton of other needs, but I mean, if those are two, the two defensive tackles you're walking away from with, you're feeling pretty mm-hmm. good about that too. I mean, I didn't know a ton about Levi L coming in. He opted out last year and, you know, we don't get a ton of Washington broadcasts out here, and you know, and, uh, I mean, everything I'm hearing about him is athletic, twitchy pass rusher from the middle that can kind of slide around those two spots there. I mean, they're going to play another three, four here this year. I mean, that's somebody that can create pressure from the middle. And then McNeil from North Carolina state. I mean, that was one of my favorite guys. I mean, I, one of my favorite defensive tackles, one of my favorite defensive tackles. I mean, just an athletic pass rusher from the middle. I just, He's a big dude who looks like he can push for freaking snaps, too. I mean, we'll see what happens. The most curious thing out of that is what happens with Deshaun Hand, who was really good two years ago. He's still here. John Pinacini started 12 games last year as a six-round rookie, and all of a sudden it's like, all right, they have some – it's not a good defensive line by any means, but they got some pieces. You know, there's some actual pieces to talk about that don't miss eight games a year, you know. So, I mean, they, they definitely filled some needs. I mean, they didn't do it in the order I thought they would, but they did it nonetheless. And then you look at uh, you guys get Afatu Malafon, who is somebody who Kurt and I have spoken to, one of our guys in this draft. Um, a third round steal to me. I mean, he's a guy that they can plug into more than likely, maybe as an outside guy that he can play in the nickel as well. So they get him in the third round. A lot of Lions fans waiting. Hey, are we going to get a receiver? And then they get Amon Ross St. Brown just fall in their lap. So it seems that he's probably going to be the number one receiver here. Um, what did you think of the mid-round guys, especially Melifonwu and Amon Ross St. Brown, two guys that will be immediate impact guys? Yeah, the corner, if they, I didn't, I, when his name got called, I was like, wait, are you saying he wasn't already off the board? Because you kind of yeah. already, like, I was kind of already, like, working off the Levi pick and stuff like that. And we're coming back, too, to do that pick. And I saw his name. It's like, he was there at 101? Like, are you kidding me? Isn't he, like, a 6'3", 210-pound corner? It's like, <laughs> plays like a safety, but he was good in the press. I mean, they need a slot guy. He seems destined for that spot right there. I mean, that's a potential starter with Amanio and Jeff Okuda right there. I mean, uh-huh. and then the wide receiver, St. Brown, uh, kind of the same scenario. I was once I saw his name was slipping and they were coming up, coming up, and it was like 105, 106, it's like if he slips, that seems like it's going to be the guy right there. I mean, just a lot of people had him off the board in the second round. He's sitting there in yeah, the fourth yeah. round for a team that's desperately in need of a wide receiver like them. I mean, the top of Detroit's step chart is Tyrell Williams, who's had a heck of a time staying healthy, as talented as he is, and Rashad Pyramid, same. Uh, then you got Quintess Cephas. I mean, he's not – didn't blow anybody away last year. I mean, St. Brown's looking at – Number two, number three, maybe number one reps day one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, great value. Same for Derek Barnes too. I mean, they they wanted him. They traded up for him. Boom, defensive end, outside linebacker, then fit that three four scheme. I mean, filled needs and got athletes. I mean, these are like athletes that they just have not had in a long time. So you see a plan come to work right there. I mean, in Brad Holmes, what he does best is those middle round defenders, and look at what he's grabbing right here. I mean, from the third yeah, round, yeah. the fourth round, and the fifth. Right, and you know they they had the the early picks. They had two uh, two third round picks, two fourth round picks. They didn't pick again until the seventh round. But you know when when you get into those six five six seven range, you know it, the whole draft is hit or miss. But especially when you're when you're later in those uh, rounds there. So you know I'm I'm liking this roster. Uh, the the trade for Jared Goff, getting Matt Stafford out of there. We you know we had you on shortly after that trade, and you know. I'm still I'm liking the Lions, you know, maybe not to maybe not to be a playoff team here, but it seems like, 
you know, forever they've just been that mediocre team that is going to finish five and eleven. They're going to finish around the six wins. You know, I I think if everything is is going to plan, if they can continue to have drafts like this, especially um, down the road here, we could we could see the Lions maybe maybe make it a little run for a playoff push here. So let's, let's kind of you know now that <laughs> no, the no, draft no. is over. Now that the draft is over, we can we can look to the future here maybe a little bit and see how these guys are going to play in because, you know, this is a young team. This is a team that's still rebuilding. The Lions, they're going to they're gonna need a little extra help, but I don't know. I, I kind of – they're a sneaky team to me. Am I, am I just being crazy saying that? No, and I mean, you're approaching it the right way. They're nothing next year. I mean, they're a non-entity yeah. next year, no doubt about it. But, I mean, it's all of a sudden kind of a sexy little young roster with two yeah, first-round yeah. picks next year two first-round picks the next year, and all of a sudden it's like – that's why I wasn't sounding the alarms for Rush a quarterback. If they didn't like a quarterback, I didn't expect it. I mean, they've got two first-round picks next year. That's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they don't mess it up, they should have a top-three pick. I mean, that's what this roster looks like to me is top-three pick-worthy. I mean, all of a sudden you're looking at Taylor Decker, near-elite left tackle last season, extended. I mean, you got Jonah Jackson, very impressive third-round rookie. Frank Ragno, I think he's one of the top-three centers in the league. Already talking about an extension for him. Right guard, all of a sudden you're talking about Big V or Tyrell Crosby there. That's not bad. Those two options aren't bad. I know Big V's first season's a disaster, and you don't want a $45 million right tackle at guard, but Panay's going to start at right tackle at day one, and Brad Holmes basically said it. I mean, he's that's, DeAndre Swift is going to stack some yards this year. That's that's what mm-hmm. I took from that. I was just about to say, this sounds like DeAndre Swift is about to go off this year. So yeah. is that kind of the de facto plan to maybe involve the running game a little bit more than that in previous years? Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, Swift. I mean, Carrion Johnson is this team's third down. I mean, third third down, third string back right now. Jamal Williams is going to be involved in that game plan. Anthony Lynn is this team's offensive coordinator. They are going to run the ball. I mean, Jamar Jefferson, I mean, it sounded like they had a high, much higher grade on him, and he slipped him in the seventh round. They want those one-caught running backs. They're not looking for the – lights off speed. They're on guys that can kind of operate in those tight gaps and the one gap stuff. I mean, they're going to run the ball. I mean, it's, it's DeAndre Swift's show, but Jamal Williams is going to be in the mix. And I think they'd be crazy to take Karrion Johnson out of that rotation as good as what is on third down last year. Great blocker, mm-hmm. great hands. Just if he can stay healthy, he's a heck of a running back. So Ben, now that, uh, you know, we can, we talked about the Lions here. Let's talk about the division a little bit because you're a Lions guy and I, I'm sure all of your followers, all of your fans are a little interested in what's going on in Green Bay over there because uh, Mr. Aaron Rodgers does not seem too happy and it does not seem like he wants to play for the Green Bay Packers next year. And, you know, I don't think this I don't think this opens the door for the Lions next year, but I just want to get your take. You know, what, what what's kind of what, what kind of vibe are you getting maybe from people in the Lions organization or just, you know, as, as football people as we are. What's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Where is he going to go? It's a great question with Rodgers. I mean, he's the only guy that knows on the face of the earth. But, I mean, if he's telling people in that front office, if he's telling t- teammates he's not going to play there again, mm-hmm. if that's true, then, I mean, I'll take that word at it. I mean, Denver is obviously the most obvious choice. That's, that's I mean, that's the only team that really even comes to mind, you know, after the draft, you know, at uh, – you know, that's not the only quarterback situation we're talking about. Chicago getting Justin Fields all of a sudden. Chicago's yeah. got a path to have the best quarterback in the division. An unheard of thought as of a week ago. It's just uh, interesting times in the North. I mean, the Vikings even solidify that offensive line even more. Delvin Cook's going to run for a ton of yards, adding Darish out of that group. I mean, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers, uh, it's a mystery. I mean, what, what do you – I mean, who else would – 
it's you know, I think Denver is like the most obvious choice. But who else? I, I've, heard there, I've heard there's some appeal to uh, the Vegas Raiders. Obviously, they have Derek Carr, but I don't know if that's you know. If you're Aaron Rodgers, what appeals you about the Vegas Raiders though? That's the thing. True. They just trade away their entire offensive line, and I I don't see what would be appealing at all about the Vegas Raiders, especially with the draft <laughs> that. Maybe the, he loves John Gruden. Having. Maybe he I, just wants to work with John Gruden. I mean, maybe. <laughs> now, I don't know. I mean, there was rumors that San Francisco had submitted a trade uh, for Aaron Rodgers. Packers said no. Seems to me that they probably should have accepted that because now teams know that he wants out. They're just going to get lowballed and lowballed and lowballed until eventually they got to accept some sort of deal where they could have got more from San Francisco. But the thing with that, though, Let's say they do accept the trade and he goes to San Francisco and then he wins the Super Bowl. The optics of that are horrible, horrible, especially, especially, you know, he goes to a team that has a great defense, has weapons, and they treat him the way he should be treated and give him the things that he needs and he wins right away. Oh, my goodness. Green Bay will look awful. So it's going to be fun to pay attention to. But, uh, Ben, I just – the NFC North, I mean, before the draft, it was, all right, this is the Packers and whoever wants to finish second. And now it's – Good, good God! Jordan Love is going to be the starting quarterback for Green Bay. And Minnesota took Kellen Mond in the early third round. Yeah, it was just like I mean, Robert Griffin throwing bombs at Kirk Cousins, just like my goodness. How? how um, it's very evident just how salty Robert Griffin is Absolutely. still toward Kirk Cousins for taking his job. Cash and but, checks. Yeah, yeah. Basically. <laughs> Uh, no, it's not. I mean, Aaron, I mean, it's all about Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, if Rodgers is there, it's the Packers' division to win. If he's not there, then I don't. What the heck is Jordan Love going to be in year one? He was right, inactive right. most of the season. The Lions signed away Tim Boyle, their backup from last year. It's just like I don't know. It's fascinating. I mean, then you got Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, and Justin Fields in Chicago. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the division, no doubt about it. And just. Uh, the lines are going with Jared Goff, it seems like. Didn't address the quarterback situation undrafted or through the draft. I thought that was interesting, but uh, I don't really think that sends a message other than he's here next year. That's what we're right, doing. Right. They're doing I that. Think, you know, I think the contract was just too much to bring in anybody else. If you're going to use high draft capital, I, I find it hard to believe that you're going to put Jared Goff with that amount of money tied up to him on the bench. So. You know, I think they're locked up to him, but I don't think it's the worst thing to be locked up to. Um, you know, he's he's proven that he can win games, uh, maybe get a little more help around him. Uh, I'm glad that they they've made Quentin uh, Cephas the the number three because Jared and I always joke that he was going to be the number one going into the season. <laughs> yeah. No disrespect to him, but no, you know, yeah. the the Lions are like I said, I I like the way that they're rebuilding. I'm just hoping that. They can do it right for once because it hasn't 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 been a, a fun what 10, 20 years for for Lions fans here. I mean, shoot my my dad's fifty six and he hasn't had a very fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, I mean, I'll say this about golf because I, I mean, I I don't have there shouldn't be much optimism in him, I don't think. But I will say the Lions have built an offense that fits his game. I mean, there's an mm-hmm. offensive line that he can stand behind. There's speedy receivers that are going to run crossers all day and pretty much nothing else. And I mean, he's going to have time to throw it. I mean, if his deep ball is anything like it was in 2016, the early parts of that season, then he'll be all right. But if it's anything like it's been the last two years and he drops the ball every time he gets touched, it's going to be pretty bad. And they're going to be picking inside the top three. <laughs> Not to mention uh, TJ Hawkinson emerging as an elite tight end as well. We yeah. know how, how yeah. good, how much Jared Goff loves a good tight end and how much it was valued in, in Los Angeles. But 
for once it's it seems like exciting times at least maybe not in terms of record wise this season but like they have a regime that cares in detroit and that's something that we haven't seen for a really long time so let's look at you know is dan campbell and this whole coaching staff this seems like they might have picked the right guy yeah no i think so too i think so too and just uh from my perspective it's just uh it's just been nice to talk to like people enjoying the NFL, you know. I mean, like people open to talking about things. I mean, Dan Campbell saying Big V's probably going to move to guard. That's like Matt Patricia. And that I mean, and I'm really not trying to dog them. It's just it really is a breath of fresh air, good or bad. Just transparency, open more. The players, the rookies coming in. I mean, my goodness. I don't know if you guys saw the quotes from Levi's introductory press conference, but like, it was just like a F bomb show. Just like, I, I like to F offensive schemes up and make offensive players feel bad. And I was just like, okay. yeah, Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell talked to this guy for five seconds. Yep. It was like yep. second rounder. You're mine. Yep. <laughs> Dan, Campbell, Dan Campbell saw a little bit of him in, in him. So that's, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's I mean, awesome. it, it's just, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I didn't think Penay would be there past five, past six. I was like, there's no way he's going to get past both of those teams that have young quarterbacks and questionable offensive lines, right? But no, hey, wide receivers, there you go. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And they got a pretty ben, good wide receiver in the fourth round. True. Benjamin yep. Raven from MLive, our buddy covering the Detroit Lions. My friend, it's been far too long since we've talked to you. Do not expect it to ever be that long again. We missed your beautiful face. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> good. Take care of yourself, buddy. We'll talk soon, okay? We'll see what I look like next time. Yes, I cannot the beard, wait. The beard, the beard will be out of the frame of the picture. I, I hope it's for that. It's a little cleaner, right? The, yeah. the, next time, the next time we see you, we're all going to be singing My Son John in a Pub. So <laughs> Perfect. The sea so, shanties. Okay. So pl- plan good. for that, buddy. We'll see you then. Perfect. Thanks, Ben. All right. Oh, my goodness. Yes, that's... Love it. I know I just worked sea shanties in, into the show, but I don't care. Any any way possible, that's all right. But no, I I, I don't know why. I just I'm intrigued by this Lions roster. I really am. Yeah. It's not not that they're gonna be a playoff team, but you know if if Rodgers leaves, you know that division because you know if Rodgers, let's say everything was was hunky dory and, and Green Bay, Rodgers would play what I would say probably three more years. I mean he's just he just won MVP. I mean so. If he was still around, it would be Green Bay's division for at least three more years. If he's if he's leaving after this year and it's the Jordan Love show, you know, two, three years down the road, the Detroit Lions, if they keep doing these things right, we could maybe be talking about them at the top of the division. Jared Goff did it. He's won a division. He won, He went to a Super Bowl. Um, it's possible. It, it really is. And, and like Ben said, I think they're building the right roster around him. Um, you know, he you know he loves to use his tight ends. He used it all the time. And and um, L.A. He's got T.J. Hawkinson, a great one. You know, they could they could use a little work on the wide receiver room, but that's okay. They have DeAndre Swift, a nice young running back in this league. Jamal Williams, Karrion Johnson. That's a nice three headed three headed backfield for uh, Jared Goff to use for sure. It is, and you know, obviously the NFC North is going to be very wide open if Aaron Rodgers is not back in Green Bay. So, Mm -hmm. and if he is gone, I mean, who becomes the favorite? Is it Minnesota? Is it Chicago? I don't think it's Detroit. It's going to be, I mean, we could very well see a team that goes, I don't know, eight and nine, seven and 10, maybe not seven and 10, but like eight and nine win that division next year, which I still don't like how that record sounds, but it's the (laughs) reality of it. I know the, the new uh, 17 game schedule will be throwing me off for a long time for the the records here. But I I think, you, you know, if Aaron Rodgers isn't back, 
you'd have to lean Minnesota um, just with the talent that they have. I mean, Justin Jefferson yeah. coming into year two, already an unbelievable wide receiver, still have Adam Thielen. Uh, Dalvin Cook, who could, if he's healthy, he could break all the records in the book because he's just that good. Um, getting a lot of pieces back on defense. Daniil Hunter will be back. You know, I, I think if Rodgers is out, it's probably Minnesota's division. Um, but I will say, uh, this when this can be our little segue into our draft talk other than the Detroit Lions, I am almost in love with the Chicago Bears right now. I just I love their draft. I really do like their roster now. They took Justin Fields. They said, you know what? We're not afraid to trade draft picks. We saw that with the Khalil Mack trade. We saw that with the the uh, Justin Fields trade here. They're trading their first round next year. They got their guy. They they were not going to go into the season with Andy Dalton and say, we're going to be mediocre. They want to compete, give their fans something to cheer about. And maybe they saw this whole turmoil going on with Aaron Rodgers, and they said, you know what? Let's go get our guy. Let's get Justin Fields. I thought that was maybe my favorite favorite pick of the whole first round. Me too, and it was a place that I didn't expect him to go. If there's a no. team I was going to trade up, I expected it to be the Washington football team. Um, but that said, Chicago did trade with the Giants. I wasn't a, wasn't going to expect a big jump from Washington with a division rival, knowing mm-hmm. full hand that the Giants would have known, oh, they're going to take a quarterback that's going to terrorize us for a decade. <laughs> yeah. How about no? So good for Chicago. Um, it's a team that has never really had too much success at the quarterback position, and uh, hopefully... Justin Fields is the first who can kind of breathe a new light from the position into the franchise because God knows that they need it. And uh, you know, I'm, yes. I'm excited. I'm excited for for Justin Fields. I'm excited for the Bears um, because yes, they were in quarterback mediocrity for such a long time. You know, dealing with the Trubisky thing, bringing in Nick Foles, signing Andy Dalton when there were rumors that they were <laughs> trying to get in on Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, and they end up with Andy Dalton. God bless Andy Dalton, but he's not what you look for to lead your franchise at this point in his career. So good for them. They get a guy going forward that can be their centerpiece as long as they don't screw it up. So we'll and, see what I happens. Mean, but, no, because this this whole draft, it, it was not just the Justin Fields pick for me. I mean, they, they only had the first, the second, and then they had fifth, sixth, 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 seven. So, you know, but those first two picks, Tevin Jenkins – was one of my draft yeah. loves. I, I I would have been perfectly fine with the Buffalo Bills taking him at 30. The Bears weren't good last year for for a numer, numerous amounts of reasons. Um, but, you know, they had Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback. No hate because now he's the, the backup of my Buffalo Bills, and I love it. But their offensive line was extremely, extremely bad last year. And they have two good running backs and, and David Johnson, Tariq Cohen. He got hurt last year, but... David Johnson could not run anywhere last year. They had no run game because they had no offensive line. Mitch Trubisky isn't great, but he also had no time to throw. So, you know, they take Tevin Jenkins. That is a possible cornerstone piece that you can throw in there. You can have him be the left tackle, be the the eyes for your quarterback in Justin Fields. And, you know, they, they even took my one of my wide receiver crushes in Daz Newsome. Um, they, they have a solid offense right now with, with David Montgomery at running back, Allen Robinson, uh, Darnell Mooney, Anthony John, or sorry, Anthony Miller. Those are three really good wide receivers. If they have a good quarterback like a Justin Fields, we saw them score a lot of points with uh, Mr. Trubisky last year. We could see them score a lot more points this year 
Um, it just depends on their defense. And, and they still have Khalil Mack. They have some great linebackers. I like the Bears a little bit. I don't love them, but I do like them a little bit. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, they are kind of a – what's the word I'm looking for? They're exciting. I'll say that mm-hmm. much, you know, with the fact that, all right, you know, you have a young quarterback. Now, their secondary, I mean, losing Kyle Fuller for no yeah. apparent reason, that was kind of <laughs> a red flag. But um, other than that, I mean, they're probably, if not, they're probably the most complete team if Rodgers isn't back, I'd say. They're probably the best overall team in the NFC North because, um, you know, yes, Minnesota's got a lot of offensive talent. Defensively, needs a little bit of work. But, mm-hmm. yes, the Chicago Bears have a lot to be excited about for the first time in a little bit. So, um, good for them. But um, the, the who, who was your... Is- uh- who, who was your 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 draft uh, your favorite draft team here? I, I think I think honestly probably the Bears were mine. You know they didn't have start studded you know trades and guys in the top one hundred, but right. the the moves that they did make I, I really really thought were smart. Um, so you know there, there was a lot of good drafts, but Bears were definitely definitely one of the top teams for me. Uh, the Carolina Panthers really knocked it out of the park to yeah. me. Um, mm-hmm. Everything that they did, I'm doing um, you know. Draft grades for fan sided, um, and one of the teams that I've picked so far is the Panthers. Going through it right now, man. I'm also going to do a piece, a big piece on fan sided, just to spoil everything. Uh, each team's worst pick. So all 32 teams picking their worst pick and telling why. Going through the Panthers, I can't figure <laughs> out one. Like, yeah. Look what look what they did. Obviously, getting J.C. Horn, the best cornerback in the draft, that's an A plus. And yep. then second round, all right. They realize Curtis Samuel isn't here anymore. We need some more receivers. Let's get Terrence Marshall. Give him Who the I had dollar. going in the first round. I had him as a first-round talent, and now he's coming in with Robbie Anderson, and he can DJ work with Moore. Uh, DJ Moore. He can work with Sam Darnold. Yes. Okay, continue. And then we keep going, and then get a left tackle on Brady Christensen. Solid pick there from BYU. Mm-hmm. Help protect Zach Wilson. That's a good pick. Oh, and then they get a really good backup to Christian McCaffrey that they can plug in with Chuba Hubbard coming in in the fourth mm-hmm. round. By God, they keep going. Uh, round number five, they get uh, Davian Nixon, defensive tackle at Iowa. Solid rotational piece for them there. Keith Taylor, good cornerback out of Washington. Washington always puts out really good secondary guys. They needed a little bit more help in the secondary. Keith Taylor will be a contributor this year. They get the world's largest human being, Deontay <laughs> Brown, from yes. Alabama to play guard for them. That dude is... What is he, six, eight, seven hundred pounds? Jeez. He's, he's man. a bulldozer with legs. Yes. So they get him in round six. If anything, he'll be he'll start off as a backup. Maybe they can turn him into a starting caliber guard. And then they get one of my biggest draft crushes, who I was incredibly surprised was around around six. Shy Smith mm-hmm. out of South Carolina, another wide receiver that can operate from the slot. Gonna help Sam Darnold out a lot. Right there, they've got four really good receivers that they can uh rotate through. So you missed one, and I'm a little upset that you did because Thomas Fletcher. No, you you oh, skipped okay. over my boy Tommy Tremble in the third round. I'm tight sorry. end because the Panthers' tight end room was 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 not ideal. Um, you know, ever since ever since Greg Olson has left, there's been a massive hole in that tight end room. They they brought over Dan Arnold from uh, Arizona at Ian Thomas. I like Tommy Tremble. Uh, I I kind of do. He was he was another one of my draft crushes and. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they really did not have too many misses. And did did you see the uh, you see the video of uh, Matt Rule, the, top, the long snapper from Alabama, yeah. Thomas Fletcher? That was the best draft call video of the weekend. For for anybody that didn't see it, uh, 
Carolina drafted Thomas Fletcher, a, a long snapper in the sixth round. And he got the call, and there's a, there's a video of Matt Rule on the phone with him. He says, Matt Rule says, you coming to join us? He says, yeah, coach, I'm trying to figure this out right now. As in, he thought he was a, a undrafted free agent, and he was trying to figure out a contract. And Matt Rule goes, no, I just drafted you. And he was so surprised. It was awesome. I love the draft videos. They just, me too. You know, they, they choke me up a little bit sometimes. It's pretty cool. I mean, these guys work their entire life, and that's the one phone call that changes their entire life after that. Yeah. That was a very fun video to watch, probably the best call of the weekend. But Carolina overall, they I would be very shocked if they're not the number two seed in the NFC South this year. Um, would not be surprised yeah. if they make a run out of wild card. I Look, the Sam Donald revenge tour starts right now, okay? Everything that they've done, they have given him all the things he needs to succeed. Defensively, they're a very young team on the ups. Brian Burns is very good. We saw last year all those draft picks that they made. A lot of them contributed right away and played really well. There's not a lot to dislike about this young, up-and-coming Carolina Panthers roster being led by a pissed-off quarterback who never got a fair chance. You give him, now they've got a, a solid offensive line, a solid option at tight end, two things that they were missing, along with Christian McCaffrey, who now has Shuba Hubbard after they lost Mike Davis, four really good wide receivers. There's not a whole lot to complain about if you're a Carolina Panther fan. No, and you know, you mentioned it. You look at that division, you know, it's Tampa Bay. They're going to win the division. I would put a lot of money on that. Um, but after that, what? Atlanta doesn't really have a defense. They had a few nice pieces. They took your guy, Richie Grant, um, to stick in their secondary there. I, I don't know if you love that pick, but yeah, you got a teardrop. I don't. Here, but, <laughs> but yeah, they have Atlanta, probably going to score a lot of points, but also going to give up a lot of points. The Saints will still have a decent defense. But remember, they have Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill as their quarterback. So uh, I would not be totally surprised. The Carolina Panthers are a very well-built team and a very all-around well-built team. You know, offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. We saw them go in almost entirely defense last draft, and it's paid off. It, it really has. And then, hey, let's add the the best corner draft cornerback uh, in the whole draft in J.C. Horn and stick him into our secondary. I, I, I like what the Panthers are doing, and they have turned this – team around very quickly um from the time that ron rivera was there and cam newton was there they're they're quickly onto a new era and yeah sam Darnold's going on a revenge tour i can't i can't wait because i think the panthers do play the jets this year and oh. i kind of hope that they put that on prime time because i would absolutely love to watch that game especially if it's at the meadowlands uh, our yes. life so that would make me very happy. But yes, a lot of credit also to Jim Tepper and Matt Rule for how they've built this roster in such a mm-hmm. short time. So it's going to be very fun to watch. And I'm very excited to see um, how they do. Who was another one of another team who drafted really well in your eyes that, you know, you looked at their draft and said, that was pretty good. I'll give you one that was very good. And that's the Cleveland Browns. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I know it probably pains you to watch it happen, but as an NFL analyst here, you have to respect it. I mean, it was fantastic. Somehow, somehow, Greg Newsom falls to them at twenty-six. That secondary could be scary with Grant Delpit coming back. We never got to see him play last year. He uh, had the season-ending injury. Greedy Williams. Now they add Greg Newsom, who you could even make an argument was—I I would say—he was probably the third best corner in this whole draft. So they add him. They add my guy, JOK. Who I wanted the Bills to take so badly, uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, stick him in there at linebacker, which they so desperately needed. 
Um, you know, he's a, he's a big guy. He, you could even stick him on the line and, and have him rush the passer. They even add Anthony Schwartz, who was a great wide receiver, to add to their already great wide receiver room. Odell Beckham Jr. coming back off a season-ending injury with a vengeance for this league. Jarvis Landry still a very good wide receiver for them. But after that, there was a little bit of a drop-off, so I'm glad that they added a little wide receiver help here. Um, then they 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 addressed the offensive line, uh, D-tackle room, which really needed some help. They, they released Sheldon Richardson, so, you know, I like I like the Cleveland Browns um, this season. I don't think there's ever been more pressure on a quarterback because this season all rides on Baker Mayfield. They have two of the best running backs in the league. They have great wide receivers. Now they have Miles Garrett and you know J.D. Avian Clowney. Say what you want about him, I think he'll he'll have a better year than he usually has because he has a guy like Miles Garrett across from him. So big, big, big year for Baker Mayfield here. I don't think there's – I think last year there was a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield, and I think he stepped into the play, got into the playoffs, won a playoff game. So I think that a lot of that pressure might be off now. I think that – I can see where you're coming from just because I think now they're the downright favorite to win the division. Right. And, I mean, and, and don't you think, you know, okay, you, you know, they drafted him first overall. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to expect maybe a little bit of turbulence his first year. Right. Then he, he, you know, last year he takes a step, and that's kind of, okay, we expected this. This year, it's, okay, we need better than that, though. We drafted you first overall. We're a possible Super Bowl contender here. We need you to just play balls to the wall better than you ever have in your entire life because the division could be ours, and then you just have to go through Buffalo. You have to go through Kansas City. And, you know, not saying that he can't do it because I think he can. I saw some things that I really, really liked from Baker last year, and he's got the team around him to do it. He does, and the – the selection of Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa broke my heart. Um, seeing him go to Cleveland, man, they had him fall right into their laps. Mm-hmm. That was that was hard. And they get Greg Newsom to add to an already really good secondary with Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit and Josh Johnson. There's no <laughs> holes anywhere. Nope. nope. And it's frustrating. So, I mean, kudos to the, the front office for them, uh, Andrew Barry and the coaching staff. They've they've built one hell of a roster. So mm-hmm. they're going to be fun to watch. They will be fun to watch. Um, can we, um, can we talk about real quick here? Real quick, sure. real quick, because yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars had, you know, the easiest selection of their life with Trevor Lawrence at number one overall. And they had a second first round pick. And I know, you know who they took, but for anybody that doesn't, they decided to take a running back after they had James Robinson, who had a phenomenal year last year, they want to pair up Trevor Lawrence with this guy, Travis Etienne, from, from Clemson. And it makes no sense to me. It really makes no sense to me. I don't know what your take is on this, but I'd love to hear it. It didn't make sense to me either, um, especially when there were guys that would have so much more benefited them. Oh, yeah. There was, you know... We just talked about Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa would have been a good addition to that linebacker room. Greg Newsom. Stick Greg, Greg Newsom in that secondary. Oh my God. I exactly. mean I don't know. Even a guy even a guy like Richie Grant, who one, they needed safety help so bad. Richie Grant mm-hmm. was right there. So was Trevon Mayrig. There was a bunch of different safeties they could have taken there. They could have taken Christian Barmore to put at defensive tackle. They could have done a lot of different things. Running back wasn't really a need. No. I don't know what the thought process behind that was other than reuniting Trevor Lawrence with Travis Etienne and just to give him a guy that he already has really good chemistry with. 
But yeah, it didn't make too much sense to me there either. It was a weird one to me too. I, I, I never really loved the idea of drafting a running back in the first round anyway, but when you put on top of it that they already had James Robinson and even you can make an argument for Carlos Hyde. Not, I mean, I think Travis Etienne's a better running back, but Urban Meyer said that he wants to make Travis Etienne his third down back. Why are you drafting a third down back 25th overall? I I don't know. I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because, you know, Jacksonville, they're, in a, they're an exciting team. And, you know, I, I, I still think they had some nice picks later on. Uh, they got Andre Sisco out of Syracuse to, to address the safety room, which is fine. But, man... That just seemed like a big, big waste of a draft pick there at 25. Andre Sisco, a big uh, – Benjamin Albright is a big Andre Sisco fan. He was sad to see him go before Denver could get him. But uh, speaking <laughs> Denver of – Denver had a hell of a draft. Denver had a damn good draft, uh, especially, <laughs> but, in the mid, especially in the mid-rounds. I mean, obviously, they get Patrick Sertain, all right, put him mm-hmm. on the other side of Kyle Fuller. That's pretty good. Then they get my guy Quinn Miners, who's going to thrive mm-hmm. under Mike Munchak. They get Baron Browning. At linebacker as well from Ohio well, arguably, State. I, I had him possibly second round, you know, weeks, months ago. I had him mocked as a first round pick because I love the way that guy plays. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm interested to hear your take because I thought they should have taken Justin Fields. Um, I, I think that, you know, they're sitting on the board at nine and it's it's nice to see Patrick Sertain on the board. But they they needed secondary help. Yes. I've said it so many times. I don't think you're going to compete in that division with Drew Locke. And I would have loved, loved, loved to see Justin Fields in that offense with those weapons. I don't know. They'll they'll have a great defense. There's no denying that because they had a great draft. But if Justin Fields pans out, that's going to be a big, uh, big stain on the Denver front office. Well, I think this comes back to the fact that they're in on Aaron Rodgers and, um, they were the team that everybody was talking about in terms of, all right, well, Denver's reportedly trying to see what they can do to get them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's what the biggest thing is right now is that they're going to work their asses off to get Aaron Rodgers. So I understand it. Um, and if that is the ultimate, the ultimate goal and that is what happens, well, then you look at what they just did. All right, well, they've got a good secondary. Got, you know, offensive pieces already in place. It's true. So I think that, for me, that's what it comes down to, if I had to guess. Ultimately, if they don't, then sure, that's not going to look the greatest. But, you know, I think that we're going to see something similar to how it was with Mitch Trubisky. You know, they bring in a veteran guy in Teddy Bridgewater. They're going to give Drew Locke a very short leash to work with. And, you know, if they don't see him uh, performing to the level that they feel he should, then they'll put in Teddy Bridgewater, move on from Drew Locke next year. All is well. All is done. So, I think that that's pretty much where we're at with it. And I don't think that's a horrible thing. You know, I think that's there. They could be in much worse situations right now. I don't think that yeah. they're going to now if they get Aaron Rodgers automatically. Okay. We're looking at them as, can they win the super bowl? True. So I think that for them, that's what they're thinking. They weren't going to be a super bowl team with Justin Fields this year. Uh, going forward, they very well could be if that were the pick. Sure. But uh, if, if they're trying to put all their cards into Aaron Rodgers basket and they get them, I think it would, it'll pay off. I think so. I mean, having having Peyton Manning and then and then Aaron Rodgers eventually on your team, and that's a just... team with that much success who was dwindling with quarterback problems and falling into a Hall of Fame quarterback <laughs> twice in a ten year yeah. span. It's Talk it's about, it's outrageous. I, I don't know if that's really luck, but there, there's probably a little bit that, of luck. It's getting bailed out. 
Yes, yes, big time. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would. I I think I think Rogers wants to play somewhere. Well, obviously he wants to play somewhere else, but I think he wants to play somewhere else instead of retiring, just so that he can rub it into Green Bay and say, "You could have had me. We could have had the world. We could have had five rings on our finger, but you didn't want to listen to me." So, um, for his sake, I hope he gets out. I can't imagine what what is going on with. Green Bay Packer fans, because if if this was going on with my team, I would be screaming to the moon to my front office. But uh, I don't know. Let's let's uh, let's kind of shift gears here. We can we can move on to your team and the the Pittsburgh Steelers. They get their running back in the first round. I know you were calling for him for a long, long time. Najee Harris is a Pittsburgh Steeler. He screams Pittsburgh Steelers, and, and so does Pat, Pat Fryermuth. I mean, both those guys just seem like the classic Steelers pick that will just ground and pound run you through the ground and I, I like the Steelers draft um you know I, I was a little surprised that we didn't see them address the quarterback position even just a late round flyer on a guy but rolling in with Big Ben here and uh I don't know what, what's your take on, on the draft uh overall I was so ready to get my heart broken I literally had my Dr. Evil tweet where he just screams at the <laughs> world I had that I had a ready to press tweet uh but then they they drafted Najee and uh, they didn't break my heart. So I was very ecstatic. Everybody, a lot of Steelers fans mad that they didn't go get a tackle. And I'm going to say the same thing to them that I've said to everybody. It's a very deep tackle class. They needed mm-hmm. a running back. Don't be mad. This is a great pick, mm-hmm. and he's going to be a great running back. Now, the Fryermuth pick very much surprised me. Um, yeah. No, not mad because, one, you know, I'm a Penn State guy, and I love me some Pat Fryermuth, and I was very happy that he went to Pittsburgh. Uh, but this says a lot about... Matt Canada's offense because Pat Fryermuth is a hand and glove fit into what Matt Canada is going to want yep. to do. A lot of zone runs, got to line up as an H back, but he's also going to be a big factor in the passing game as well. And as good as Aaron Ebron can be as a receiver, he's not a good blocker. They needed somebody who can block. Pat Fryermuth is that. Um, so you look at this offense, um, they did draft a left tackle in Dan Moore. Again, a very zone based pick. Um, I don't know if he's going to start right away. It's probably going to end up being a core four starting at left tackle, which I'm not excited about. But I hope that Dan Moore can can win that job. There's not too many things that I'm worried about on the roster right now. Um, I did hate the fact that they traded up into the fifth round, and I thought they were going to draft Sean Wade, cornerback out of Ohio State, and they take Isaiah effing louder milk, a defensive tackle from Wisconsin, and that's not any – not trying to be disrespectful to his ability or anything. They didn't need him. They hell of a last name though. Sean Wade was right there, and then he goes to <laughs> and then he goes to the Ravens like three yes. weeks later, and that one hurt. But seems, they, it seems to happen to you a lot. Well, I mean, last year the Ravens took J.K. Dobbins as you were screaming for his name. So yeah, so sorry. They did make up for it because they took Quincy Roche out of Miami, who's going to be a phenomenal pass rusher. I would bet a good amount of money he's starting opposite of TJ Watt by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I'm excited. Um, I wish they would have addressed corner sooner than Trey Norwood, although I like Trey Norwood, saw him at the Senior Bowl. I think that he can be a solid part of the rotation. Um, so I like that pick. They got him in the seventh round, good value for him. Um, it, I'm I'm worried about tackle. I'm worried about the tackles. I know that they drafted one. I can't go without saying Kendrick Green though too. He's going to be our starting center. He's got a fucking brand on his arm. You know how much that hurts. So I'm excited about him. 
Kendrick Green, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, and Quincy Roche, my favorite picks of the Steelers draft. Kendrick Green has a brand on his arm. I bet that was painful. God, he's a tough SOB. <laughs> Scream Steelers. They, they just does. love they love the tough guys there in, uh, in Pittsburgh. But I got a bone to pick with you because you um, said that you're not too in love with the Bills draft. And not that I'm, you know, absolutely head over heels with it, but it was a good draft. It was a good draft. Please, pl- I would love, I would love to hear your your take on this, your analysis of this, and then just let me go wild, please. That's fine. All right. So look, they take Gregory Russo in the first round. Fine. That's fine. He's a he didn't play last year, but the year before he did, he was second in the country in sacks to Chase Young. Good. That's a good pick. I like I like Gregory Russo. You then you go take another pass rusher in the second round when you could have had a lot of corners. Didn't make a lot of sense to me. Okay. And then Spencer Brown, the left tackle. You're a guy who's raved about this offensive line. Didn't understand that pick at all either. We know that Brandon Bean values height. Gregory Russo six yes. seven. Spencer Brown okay. six eight. So he must like people who look like they were facilitated in a Vince McMahon wet dream. Um <laughs> They, now, I, I did like this pick only because of his name. Another offensive tackle for some reason, but he, Tommy Doyle is the name of the little kid in Halloween, so I liked that pick simply mm, because okay. I, Halloween's my favorite movie of all time, so I like that. Glad, glad that could uh, that could turn you on this Bills draft a little bit. But that okay, one pick I liked. I liked the Marquez Stevenson pick. He's going to be your instant special teams okay. return guy, and he's phenomenal at it. Saw him at the Senior Bowl. He's quick as a hiccup, and you're going to love him. Um, Demar Hamlin. I liked the Demar Hamlin pick. Okay, think, we're getting somewhere here. We got back-to-back picks that Jared approves I, of. I mo- I mocked Demar Hamlin to the Bills in my final Bills mock draft. Um, okay. so I liked Demar Hamlin. Um, a guy that they can rotate in certain situations, maybe a dime package, nickel package here and there to give Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer a breather. Um, they finally take a cornerback in the sixth round. <laughs> With Rashad Wild Goose, who wears number yes. 32, and it's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm glad you enjoyed my tweet. Thank you. That was so funny. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Uh, there's You can't convince me he didn't do that on purpose. Anyway, and then they get another lineman, Kurt. You take three linemen. Why? Yes. Two tackles? Yes. And two, two tackles, two edge rushers, <laughs> one corner, a receiver, and a partridge in a pear tree. I... Yep. Exactly. There's nothing about this draft that blows me away. I don't. I like the Steve. There's not a pick in here that I love. I'll say that. I like the Russo pick. Huh? I like the Stevenson pick. I like the Demar Hamlin pick. But at that point, they're all value picks in the late rounds. There's nothing really here that screams we got better. Okay, understandable. And I think that's. I think that's a lot of the the argument for Bills fans and you know just NFL fans is what did they do to improve themselves to beat Kansas City. And, you know, they brought back 22 of their starters from last year. That's a start. They brought in Emmanuel Sanders. You know, everybody can say, okay, they didn't add pieces, but bringing back the continuity and bringing back the same players from last year means a lot. Because if you're getting moving pieces in here and you're getting new guys in and out every year, yeah, it might be an upgraded player, but not sure that the entire team is going to be upgraded. So, and I, I like I w- I was I was shocked with the back-to-back defensive end picks and Gregory Russo and Carlos Basham, but I like it now. Um, I, I wasn't totally sold on it when it happened, but you know you think about it: Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, 
they're on the other side of 30. Uh, I don't even, I wouldn't expect Mario Edison to make the team. They can save $5 million if they release him. Um, Jerry Hughes is a great player. He had a great season last year. That's fine. But they're thinking long-term here. And now they have, I believe, I don't know, I could be wrong a little bit here, but with AJ Epinesa, Gregor Russo, and Carlos Basham, they have three players that were in the top 15 in college football in sacks. I mean, Gregor Russo had 15 and a half two years ago, and then he opted out last year. I think Carlos Basham comes in here and starts day one. But I kept saying it, this was a meat and potatoes draft. The Bills just wanted to beef up the trenches because the trenches was where they lost every game last year. The offensive line changed every week, seemingly. Um, you know, John Feliciano was in and out. He he started the season on the uh, uh, on the injured list. Then Cody Ford went down. They had a lot of different moving pieces here, and now they can get some guys that can come in that are going to be absolute mammoths. I mean, you, you look at these guys. Spencer Brown is six eight, almost six nine. Tommy Doyle is six eight. Uh, Gregor Russo is, I believe, six seven. I mean, they wanted to just add size on this line, and that's exactly what they needed. They were getting bullied on the line almost every week. The games that they lost when they lost to Kansas City, when they lost to Tennessee, they were just getting pushed around. And I think that Brandon Bean wanted to come in and, and create some some competitiveness in that line because. Right now, you look at the line. Left tackle is going to be Deion Dawkins. We all know that. Left guard, you know, they sign, they re-signed John Feliciano, but it's a deal that doesn't necessarily lock him in to be a starter. Then you get Mitch Morse, who's, you know, maybe arguably a top five center in the league. Cody Ford, we don't know exactly what we're going to get in him. And then they re-signed Darrell Williams. So it's a good offensive line, and I would be very interested to see um, what they do when they're all playing together. But I, I just I, I like this or I like this draft. I really do. And, um, you know, I, I think that this team can set themselves up for the future here. That's exactly what they're doing. That's how they drafted this team so that, you know, when Jerry Hughes decides to walk away, if they decide to walk away from Mario Addison, they can have these guys step in a guy like Gregor Russo, a guy like Carlos Basham. They're set for the future here, and that's exactly what Brandon Bean has wanted to do since day one. He said since day one he wants to draft guys, he wants to train them, he wants to work them so that they can re-sign and be with this team for the long term. That's exactly what he said. That's what he said in his pre-draft meetings. He said, I'm drafting for the long term here. Not sure there was really a guy that they saw when they were picking a Carlos Basham that said, you know what, I think he's better than Carlos Basham. I think Carlos Basham was probably the best player available on the board at the time. So, you know, they drafted value, and I'm okay with this draft. I, I really am. I, the only thing that I might have would might have changed was taking a cornerback early. Um, I was screaming for an Asante Samuel, but the Chargers swooped in and took him. So they just drafted the big boys, and if they're going to lose, they're going to lose somewhere else other than the trenches. And I'm okay with it. I'm good. I, I, I am okay. And I, I had to maybe convince myself a little bit, but Gregor Russo's name or nickname is Groot, and Carlos Bash's nickname is Boogie. So I can't complain. Those are some badass nicknames. If nicknames is where you get sold <laughs> on, on the draft class. No, it just adds to it. It adds a little flair, a little spice. So, But Gregor Russo, I, I would argue, was probably the most raw talent or at least most raw defensive end talent in this draft. So 
if they can, you know, develop him, I don't see. I mean, he has all the traits to be a top defensive end in this league. I, I just I understand the argument that what do they do to get better right now? But Brandon Bean has said since day one, you know, we're we're building to build a dynasty. They're not just going to go all in on one team for one year and then suck three years down the road. He wants to demand the respect around the league and, and win for years and years to come. And that's fair. Um, I just, I would have liked <laughs> to have seen, you know, a little bit more win now, I guess. Now, you did mention the fact that, all right, they're returning pretty much everybody from last year. So not too much of need to draft right now. Right. Just because, you know, they so much continuity. So that part does make sense. And I do like that about the Bills because continuity is important. Mm-hmm. And they brought back basically everybody. I don't. Who, were there any like notable like key losses this offseason? John Brown was the only one, but then they replaced him with Emmanuel Sanders, which I would say is maybe even slightly an upgrade. So yeah. So maybe, maybe I'm looking at this all wrong. <laughs> but no, I. It's it's not it's not the sexy draft. It's not you know the Travis Etns and the the Shy Smith the the Speedy. I mean they did get a they did get a Speedy guy. His name is his nickname is Speedy. There's a lot of nicknames in this draft, and I love it, but. This, it's not the sexy draft, but it's the smart draft. It's the guys that are going to be doing the nitty gritty work that's going to open the holes for the Devin Singletaries and the Stefan Diggs that can, you know, run wild. I, I'm okay with it. I, I think I really that's am. the big thing for me is that they didn't get a running back at any point, and they probably <laughs> should have. I, I've been saying it since, you know, eat. I'll, I'll even say, you know, the moment that Devin Singletary was drafted, I haven't really been a huge believer in him being a, a running back one. But his rookie year, he averaged 5.5 yards per carry. That is that's nothing to just, you know, bat your eyes at. That's that's pretty impressive. And if he can get back to that and then add, you know, Zach Moss in there who can possibly, you know, have a better year than his rookie year, which was decent. And then they added one of the fastest running backs in the league in Matt Breida. Um, I like the running back by committee room. I don't really love the idea of just having Devin Singletary take the load, which I don't think is going to be the plan. I think they do a running back by committee room, and I keep comparing it to the 49ers when they went to the Super Bowl, but it's very similar. It really is. It's it's similar in the ways that they're going to do it, but they're going to focus more on the pass game, obviously, because it works so well. That's fair. And, I mean, by no means does this make can or make Buffalo – anything less than the second best team in the AFC because they're still far and away. It's still Kansas City and Buffalo at the top of this conference mm-hmm. and everybody else. So, And remember, there there are, you know, I think still the biggest hole on this team is cornerback. There's still a lot yeah. of good cornerbacks that are available. I mean, our, our guy, Steven Nelson, friend of the show, free agent. Richard Sherman, free agent. Casey Hayward, free agent. I mean, if they want to, you know, shell out a little bit of money, which I think they might do with if they let go of Mario Addison and save that five million dollars, bring in one of those guys across from Trey White. That's that's a big upgrade, and that that's what you did to make your team better this year. It is, and there are still a lot of cornerbacks available, so I wouldn't be surprised. First of all, we need to find out where Steve where Stevie Nelson's going to go because yes. obviously we, he's try, a, we should try to get him back on the show. Maybe we can get some uh, some intel, some insider knowledge from him. Maybe we could. Casey Hayward's still <laughs> available. Yep. So there's a lot of guys out there that would give a team a lot of value. And I'm surprised that they're still available, but my goodness. Um, in terms of uh, other draft losers, um, 
Anybody else that you had in mind? I didn't really love um, – it was okay. Uh, I didn't really love the Cincinnati Bengals draft. You know, they took Jamar Chase. Was underwhelmed. They could have had Penny Sewell. And I know Joe Burrow's probably going to throw for 30 touchdowns with Jamar Chase, but he's also going to do it with three broken ankles and six broken arms. So, you know, I, I like some of the pieces that they got. They got Tyler Shelvin, who was one of my kind of draft crushes, Joseph Osai, defensive end. They got good pieces, but I would have loved to see them go Penny Suell. Um, trying to think of who some of my other losers of this draft were. Oh, you can you can say the Green Bay Packers were because they said, "Oh, Aaron, you're upset. You wanted offensive help. Sure, we'll give you Eric Stokes on the defensive side of the ball." The second best cornerback from Georgia from this draft will take when the <laughs> other one's still on the board. Yes. And now another one I didn't like. I don't know what the hell that. Everybody in the NFC East not named the Washington football team, brutal drafts. Now, uh, the Giants, not so brutal. I just didn't like the first round yeah. of Kadarius Tony. They had Aziz Ojolari slide to them. You can make the mm-hmm. argument that if you flip those picks, people wouldn't be so angry right now. So I'll give, I'll give the Giants a little bit of slack there. But Dallas, Philadelphia, horrible drafts. Horrible drafts. I, I would say that Dallas's draft wasn't horrible because for once, Jerry Jones didn't say, Guys, can we take a wide receiver, please? We need another one. They went all defense, which is smart. Um, you know, I, I look they, at the they third got like, round though, Kurt. I know three I know. third I'm, round picks, all of them projected to be sixth or seventh round picks. Yeah, no, that I know. was and brutal. It it wasn't great value, but maybe Jerry's learning that hey, we need to focus on the defense and not score fifty points a game. Uh, it, it wasn't a good draft. I I wouldn't make that argument, but. I don't think it was horrible. Um, I, hey, let me. I do. Go ahead. I do. Yeah, pull up whatever you need to pull up, actually, real quick, because that'll be a good okay. uh, transition. But the Michael Parsons pick. Michael Parsons is a fantastic player. They probably mm-hmm. if they could have traded back and got a guy like Greg Newsom. That could have been good for them. Guy yep. who they need help in the secondary. I don't think that linebacker should have been their first round pick when Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch are still there. Now they did decline the fifth year option for Leighton Van Der Esch. So maybe they had they took that they took Micah Parsons with knowing that they were going to do that. So, but I I would have liked to see them go secondary pretty heavy early mm-hmm. on. And, and for for the uh, for the Eagles argument here, I like their first two picks. After that, not so much. Um, I like the move of getting up and getting Devontae Smith because everybody knows they needed wide receiver help yeah. extremely badly. Um, so. Him and, him and Jalen Hurts could be a fun little duo there, and I love the Landon Dickerson pick. But other than that, not not too attractive of a draft for the Philadelphia Eagles. They took like nine de- defensive tackles. I know <laughs> that much. So that didn't – they didn't uh, – they're another team who could have used a little bit of help at linebacker and secondary. Um, now, check for me uh, on the Eagles. How many – did they take any corners? Corners. They took one. Yes, um, McPherson out of Texas Tech. So they took oh, one. Yeah. Zach McPherson, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know, it's they addressed it. Maybe they should have addressed it a little more, but um, they still did. I, I think that they could have. I, I didn't understand the multiple defensive tackle thing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that the Washington yeah. football team knocked it out of the park. I think that they yeah. had by far the best draft in that division. You know what I thought was hilarious? Maybe my favorite part of the whole draft. That the Kings of the, Leon had an opening for some reason? 
No. Well, that okay. that was pretty funny, but no, that's not what I'm talking about. The fact that the New York Jets decided to trade up a lot for Elijah Vera Tucker, and then they could have stayed put and got a very nice player. They probably even could have got Elijah Vera Tucker back at 23 because they traded up to 14. The picks after that were Mac Jones, David Collins, Alex Leatherwood, which I'm still scratching my head over, um, Jalen Phillips, Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Davis, Kadarius Toney, Quiddy Pay, Caleb Farley, and then they would have been right there. And I just thought it was hilarious that they traded up, gave up draft assets. Not that Elijah Vera Tucker is not a good pick. They just really had no reason to trade up to get him. They didn't. And I don't know, maybe it was just them ensuring that they got the guy that they really wanted. Yeah. Um, but the Vikings then took, what, Christian Darisaw? Yes, so, which is a great pick. Fantastic pick. So, yeah, that one was a little bit of a head scratcher, but <laughs> I can't – I I love the Jets draft as a whole. I really, yeah. I love the Jets draft. Um, now, I was a little bit critical about the Elijah Moore pick so soon just because they could have got a little bit more help on the defensive side of the ball, but mm-hmm. Elijah Moore is a good receiver. They get Michael Carter, the running back out of North Carolina, with the fourth they got I, They I, got two Michael Carters. <laughs> yeah, they got Michael Carter, the second, the safety out of Duke, and uh, they got my guy, Hamsan Nazrani. Uh. Which I was shocked made it all the way to the second round. I don't know why, or not second, sixth round. I don't know. I mean, maybe we're just bad at at draft uh, prep, but I was expecting him to go third round. That was kind of my sweet spot for him, but dropped all the way to the sixth, and now I have to root against him, unfortunately, because he's in the the New York Jets uh, green. Yeah, um, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he missed seven games last year. So that could have played a factor into it, but they're going to get a very versatile guy on that side of the ball. So good for Hamza Nasruddin. I really like him a lot. Um, Hopefully he does well. I do want to say our guy, Kay Johnson, going to the Seattle Seahawks as an undrafted free agent. Good for him. All Uh, three of our guys are uh, going to new home now. Aflatu Melifano, as we mentioned with Benjamin Raven, is a Detroit Lion. Can't wait to see what he does. Benjamin St. Juiced, member of the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. So... Congratulations to everybody who came on the show pre-draft and gave us some time who now have new NFL homes. Good for them. <laughs> um, I'm excited about the St. Juice pick. I got a lot of friends who are Washington football team fans, and I texted them as soon as that happened. So mm-hmm. you guys got a dog. Yep. And so good for them. Very happy. Happy the draft weekend's done. <laughs> I'm tired of yeah. doing mock drafts. Little, little tiring. Uh, I did see my first 2022 mock draft, and I almost Stop threw my it. phone out the Stop window. It. <laughs> half the guys i i will be honest i didn't know who they were what school they went to what position they played because i have not started my draft prep for next year i'm still my mind's a little burned out from this last draft but i am glad it's over it's you know now we can we can talk about actual game predictions and season outlooks and training camp and depth charts and <clears throat> give it to me my friend i can't wait well let's see we got schedule release on may 12th yes so- coming up we'll be able to kind of dissect that, make some predictions based on how the schedule falls. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Rookie minicamp in a few weeks. So Usually, what, end of May-ish, I think? Yeah, yeah something like that. Oh, also, I got a shout-out to former Slippery Rock quarterback Roland Rivers accepting an yes, invite to Steelers minicamp. So cool. Uh, very cool for my, my, my lovely home of Slippery Rock University. <laughs> very happy for him. So, yeah, this weekend is... You know, it came, it went. Um, a lot of surprises, a lot of really good drafts, a few really bad ones. But uh, 
I think that's how it goes. We, that's that's the beauty of it. This is where we can start, uh, you know, building toward the NFL season, and uh, I'm excited. Can't wait for training camp to get here. Yes, me too. I know it's. I don't want to wish away the summer because, of course, we love the summertime, but always, always love the uh, training camp season and the hype around the the NFL season that is to come. So can't wait for that. But of course, thank you, everybody, everybody, everybody for sticking around with us throughout this whole draft process and the uh, entire sometimes boringness of the off season when there's not much to talk about and Jarrett coming up with wild fantasies of Aaron Rodgers being the Steelers quarterback. So thank it you. It seems for like it's us. a realistic possibility, <laughs> at least for next year as of right now, which, hmm. Hey, I started talking about this before that happened. Um, but all of it was of course a very big pipe dream that I just yes. wanted to put out into the universe. That's going to be the biggest storyline that we follow for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on how quickly things get done, how much this drags out. Um, this, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers gets traded, that's the biggest high-profile trade. I, since trade? I don't know when. Uh, Tom Brady wasn't traded. <laughs> no, Tom Brady was not traded. I don't even know. What was the last time, especially coming off an MVP season? Yeah, coming off an be, MVP season, I don't know if, the last time. If he does play for a new team in 2021, it'll be the first time in NFL history that the defending league MVP is playing on a different team. The really? Following okay. Year. So interesting. A lot at stake for yes. not just Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, but everybody in the NFC North, wherever he goes, the division that he goes. I mean, there's a lot of things in the NFL at stake for wherever Aaron Rodgers. Uh, is calling home in 2021. And, uh, you know, we'll try our best to give you as much information on it as we can and give you our thoughts. But it's going to be an interesting little thread to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. It definitely will. Well, where where can they find this information, Jerry? Where can, they, where can they follow you to find this information on what's going on with the Aaron Rodgers saga? You can follow me on Twitter at JBaileyNFL. Again, I'm doing so much draft stuff in terms of reactions and draft grades and everything like that at Fansided right now, also at the All Steelers Sports Illustrated page. So a lot, a lot, a lot from me coming here in the next week or so. Kurt, where can they find you? You guys can find me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Homiser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R, 88, Bills stuff. I can con- convince Jarrett eventually that this was a great Bills draft. So follow along on there, and uh, we'll have a lot, a lot of fun before the season starts. And then, of course, when the season starts, too. He won't convince me of that. But um, <laughs> also, daily from now on, you can check out my Forgotten NFL History uh, video series I'm doing. Every day I'll release mm. a video of a point in history that you may not remember or weren't okay. alive to witness or just doesn't get talked about enough. Today I did A.J. Dewey's three-interception performance in the 1982 AFC Championship game where the Dolphins <laughs> beat the Jets 14 to nothing. So go check that out. And uh, if you have any sort of suggestions for me to revisit any games, any moments, you can DM me on Twitter at NFL, and maybe I'll do one. So you can check that out. I'll try to make that a daily thing because I like to consider myself a student of the game and the history of it. And it's always fun to revisit moments that, one, I wasn't alive to see, and two, that don't get talked about enough. So uh, you can check that out daily, uh, my forgotten NFL history little blurb. Also, go vote on the best logo in NFL history. It's on mm, a, yes. <laughs> all, all we, the polls. We, we touched on this, but uh, 
the Bills are winning that. I, I I can promise you that. One simple. I can give you retweet. an update on how they're doing right now. Please do, because one simple retweet and the Bills will blow out any competition. That's just how it goes. Bills Mafia loves, loves, loves to vote anything Bills anytime, anywhere. So it's a little, little on, a little lopsided, but that's okay. Bills Mafia is just passionate. Let me see how they're doing right now, because last time I checked, I haven't voted in it yet. I didn't see it yet, so. Well, currently the Miami Dolphins are winning the poll seventy-eight to twenty-two percent. So Bills Mafia not doing too good on this one. All right, I'm I am currently in route to go retweet it. So we'll we'll see. We'll check back uh, by the end of the day. All right. Also, you can check out. I'm gonna post. Already posted it, but I can post the audio of it. Uh, my segment on Fox Sports shows with Jordan Campbell. Um, bunch of draft reaction there as well. So Fox Sports down in Alabama. Um, I don't think there's anything else that I have to plug. Um. Maybe I'm lying. I don't think there is. No, I think we've covered everything. <laughs> All righty. Uh, go follow the Laces Out Pod on Twitter and us on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, football. Football. Yes, sir. Can't wait this, to uh, can't wait to get going on this, this NFL season now that we have it all set in stone. So be sure to follow along. When's the next time? Maybe, I don't know, end of the week, next week, something. We'll, we'll do another show, get some of our friends on. Yeah, um... So for those who remember last year um, when the show was somewhat brand new, uh, we had a big panel discussion just about just telling stories. You know, we had uh, former VP of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Joe Horrigan, our buddy Mike Tanier, Russell Baxter, uh, just talking about the history of the NFL and a bunch of uh, different stories that because Joe Horrigan is the godfather of football and has so much knowledge and stories to tell. And we just sat there and did it for two and a half hours, and it was awesome. We're working on doing something like that again, setting it up within the next week. Uh, we'll continue to give out updates whenever they come. Uh, but it's something that's in the works right now. Um, cannot wait to do it because um, it's always fun to talk to uh, guys who are established in this industry, but also guys who have been in it for a very long time and have a lot of stories from the game that might not be able to get told too often. So... Something like that will be happening within the next week or so, um, and we'll we'll tell you who will, all will be involved uh, in advance. So just keep an eye out for that for the next edition of Laces Out, which will be a special little historical storytelling. Can't wait, my friend. All right, let's get on out of here. All right. So again, follow us at Jay Bailey NFL at Kurt Homister eighty eight at the Laces Out Pod. We'll see you guys next week. As always, thank you for tuning into Laces Out. Shout out to Benjamin Raven and his glorious beard. We will see you guys very soon. Thank you for tuning in. As always, have a good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.